Hey, Matthew, do you know what day it is? It's Thursday. It's Thursday. It's throwback Thursday time here on the Suns Report podcast. Thanks for pressing play and coming hanging out with us for a little bit today. My name is John. I will be your host. I'm joined by Matthew. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Looking forward to this podcast. We're doing our throwback Thursday edition. Start, bench, and trade any son who ever wore jersey number two. We did this with jersey number one a few weeks ago. Uh, got great response from everybody. It's a fun podcast in which you not only get to learn a little bit about your Phoenix Suns and go through some players throughout their history, but also pose that question. Okay, of anybody who ever wore jersey number two, who would you start, who would you bench, and who would you trade? So before we get into the list, just a quick reminder, don't forget to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at The Suns Report. Don't forget to do your laundry. Don't forget to take out the trash. It's Thursday. That's when I always have to take out my trash. So mm-hmm. did it first thing this morning. Happy to report. Uh, but without further ado, let's pop open a cerveza and talk about every son who ever wore jersey number two. Jersey number two for the Phoenix Suns. As I like to ask you at the beginning of all these podcasts, how do you feel about the jersey number two? How the number looks on the actual jersey? I like it. That's good. (laughs) No, I like it just because it's a single digit, but it's actually, it's bigger than, let's say, number one. Yes, (laughs) yes. Let's let's say that. Yeah. So uh, anyways, but yeah, number two looks good. I think it's hard to make it look bad. I'm trying to think about like, Baseball, Derek Jeter. Yeah. My favorite Yankee. Looks so great in number two. (laughs) So maybe that's why I love it so much. Okay. It's because of Derek Jeter. Well, jersey number two, the number two itself is my favorite personal number. Uh, No really reason why. I just always have liked it. So when I play NBA 2K, for some reason, I put myself in jersey number two if no one's playing on the Suns. Uh, Definitely in football. Uh, Deion Sanders, I think, more number two in college. So I was, oh, I was a big fan of that, that number. But here's how it's going to go today, folks. Too easy. We're going to go through every son who wore jersey number two in Phoenix Suns history. We'll give you a little quick bio on the person so you have an idea who that player was. Because I don't know about you, but I don't ever remember watching James Bailey play. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Joe Barry Carroll? No, I don't. Okay. So. Let's try not to lose these listeners. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no, actually, please, it's actually stay fun. Stay with us. Yeah. It's super fun. It's fun, yeah. And then after we go through that list, we'll just have that quick discussion, okay, of all those guys, who's the guy is that is your must start? Like if I had to pick all these guys from a roster, who's the one guy I'm like, yeah, I'm starting that guy? Who's the guy who you're like, you know what? I would really enjoy having that guy come off my bench. And who's the one guy you're like, yo, trading him? You're doing it because you don't like him. You're doing it because it'll maximize the value of that player and you feel like Mm -hmm. the team could get something back from him uh, or back for him. I think the only rule I really have is from a trade standpoint or a bench standpoint, uh, it's nobody who's played less than 50 games with the Suns. Yeah. Because it's just it's too easy to sit there and say, okay, I'll just bench a guy who's on a two-way contract. Yeah, it's not. it kind of defeats the purpose. So, sound good? Sounds good, man. All right. So, I think I'll let you start off with the first Sun, whoever wore the number two in Phoenix Suns history. All right. So, from 1989, or I'm sorry, I already messed it up. From 1987 <laughs> to 1988, James Bailey. He was a 6'9 power forward from Rutgers. Uh, played 65 games with the Suns. 
Uh, played 11 years in the NBA, actually. Phoenix was his last stop, like a lot of players. And he averaged 4.4 points, 3.2 rebounds, 2.8 fouls, and 13.4 minutes per game. James Look that guy up. Bailey. That's interesting, though. The Suns came to fruition in 1968. No one wore the jersey number two until 1987. The first thing I thought about when I saw this, dude. Yeah, that was like, crazy. What's wrong with the number there's two, just, guys? Well, there's just so many... Well, no one wants to be number two. Oh, okay. I you see know? what you did there. Everyone wants to be number one. Yeah. All right. Well, the next son to wear the jersey number two was Joe Barry Carroll in the 1991. He was a seven-foot center from the University of Purdue. Shout out to the Boilermakers. And he only played 11 games with the Suns. And just like James Bailey, Phoenix was the last stop in his career after <laughs> 12 years. Joe Barry Carroll. All right. And then no one really wore it. Actually, no one, no one wore it. I'm really bad at this. No one wore the jersey number two till 1996. With uh, it was Mark Bryant. He wore it from 1996 to 1999. Okay. He was a 6'9 power forward center from Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. He played 111 games with the Suns. Uh, some quick notes about him. He came over as a part of the trade that sent Barkley to Houston. That's right. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Really? Yeah. He was traded to the Bulls in 99 with uh, Martin Merseep, Bubba Wells, and a first-round pick. who uh, That became Ron Artest, actually, for Luke Longley. Yeah, that's right. That's how we got Luke Longley. Yeah. Uh, his stats, not too bad. Uh, six points per game, 4.1 rebounds. Uh, with the Suns, including a 10 points per game in the 1998 playoffs against the Spurs. Suns lost the series 3-1. to one. Mm-hmm. And he's a current uh, assistant coach on the Suns. Yeah, Mark Bryant's assistant yep. coach, yeah. Interesting guy, Mark Bryant. And I think that I totally remember him coming over from uh, Houston when we got Barkley, because obviously when, or when we lost Barkley, because obviously when we lost Barkley, you're just like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. And then you're like, hold on, uh who do we get? Uh, Mark Bryant? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the next guy to wear the the jersey number two for the Suns after Mark Bryant was Sean Respert. I don't even know if I'm saying that right because I don't even remember this guy. Uh, six foot one shooting guard from Michigan State. Played 12 total games with the Suns. He signed as a free agent with the Suns on January 29th, 1999. And then he was waived on March 2nd, 1999. Average 13.5 points, 2.9 assists, and 3.6 fouls. Ooh. So Sean Respert, the guy wearing jersey number two who was fouling everybody, it appears. Mm, so. Good old Shawnee. Well, right next is uh, Randy Livingston. So uh, he wore the he wore number two from 1999 to 2000. Uh, he's a 6'4 point guard from LSU. 80 games with the Suns. Played on nine different NBA teams, Ooh. including the Suns was his longest stint. Uh, he had six, uh, yeah, six ten-day contracts uh, with various teams throughout his career, and he averaged four point nine points and two point two assists. Do you know what I've noticed so far um, with guys who wore jersey number two? They weren't very good. They weren't here very long. <laughs> that too. We were talking about earlier how between Joe Barry Carroll and Mark Bryant, how no one wore jersey number two. Yeah, that's actually incorrect. Oh, cool. Because from 1994 to 1996, as well as 2000 to 2001, Elliot Perry wore jersey number two. Oh, okay. Socks, as he was affectionately uh, nicknamed by the Phoenix faithful, was a six-foot point guard from Memphis who played a total of 233 career games with the Suns. Now, he was originally signed on two 10-day contracts before joining the team permanently back in 94. 
and then we traded him to the Bucks for Marty Conlon and a first-round pick. Uh, he ended up being the 1994-1995 Most Improved Player Award runner-up. And then he came back to the Suns in 2000, averaging 7.4 points per game, 4.1 assists per game, in 19.5 minutes per game throughout the totality of his career as a Phoenix Suns. Elliot Perry, that dude. <laughs> that dude, the next dude, is Joe Johnson. Ooh, I saw uh, Joe. Everyone knows this guy from 2002 to 2005, war number two for the Suns. He was a 6'7", small forward slash shooting guard from Arkansas. Uh, played 275 games with the Suns. He was traded from Boston with Randy Brown, Milt Palacio, mm-hmm. and a first rounder who was Casey Jacobson, who would have thrived in this uh, this era yeah. um, of the NBA, uh, for Tony Delk and Rodney Rogers. Um, later, traded to Atlanta for Boris Diaw and two picks, Rajon Rondo and Robin Lopez ended up being... Those picks, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he led the NBA in minutes played in 2003-2004 with 300... Well, this is Dan, This is all Dan Tony. With 3,331 <laughs> minutes. He has played with seven different NBA teams, averaging 14 points, 4.3 rebounds, and 3.5 assists. Seven teams. I did not know that. Yeah, man. Players, yeah well, I guess I, it, towards the end, he kind of his career, He was playing with any, anybody he could. Yeah, and then... Uh, is he in the big three now or no? Was yeah, he, well, I mean, he won the big three MVP yeah, last he did. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He averaged uh, 18.8 points with his sons in the 2004-2005 season. Uh, broke his orbital bone in game two of the Western Conference Finals, costing us a championship. Fucking Jerry Stackhouse. Dude, it's just... Never forgive him for that. I love being a Suns fan. Highest game total with the Suns, 31 points. That's actually kind of shocking. It is. You know, you think I mean, he'd score more than we had 35. S- I mean, it's four all-stars though, on that team too, you know? True. But, you know, just like Middleton the other night had like 50 points. You think he would, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you think like, I, you think like Iso Joe would have one would, game where he just like owned it. Exactly. Interesting. 31, 31 points. All right, the next son to wear jersey number two was in 2006, and that was Tim Thomas. Six foot ten power forward slash small forward from Villanova. Only played in 26 games with the Suns, but those were regular season games. Obviously, he was huge in the, the playoffs that year. He was actually a free agent signing after the Bulls waived him in March of 06. Played in 20 playoff games, scoring 15.1 points and 44.4% from downtown. And of course, we all remember in the playoffs, uh, Thomas played a crucial role in the Suns' run to the Western Conference Finals that year. He was starting in the place of injured all-star Amari Stoudemire, who did not play the entirety of that playoffs. And Thomas scored a game-high 22 points with 15 rebounds in a Game 1 victory in the first round over the Lakers. And then in Game 6, Thomas hit the game-tying three at the end of regulation and an important three-pointer late in overtime to seal the Suns' win. And then the Suns ended up winning Game 7, overcoming mm-hmm. a 3-1 to one series deficit against those Lakers. I'll never forget exactly where I was when he hit that three that put us into overtime and the high-fives. That's back when in the, the days where you could go to the bar and you didn't know anybody around you and y'all were best friends by the end of the game because the yeah. Suns were like hitting threes and you're slapping high fives. <sighs> I, yeah, the good old days. I couldn't wait to be 21 and do that, but then the Suns never make the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Once you turn 21, <laughs> Once I turn 21. Like, no, we're not going to the playoffs <laughs> anymore. Uh, in the Suns' second round series against the Clippers, Thomas was credited for his defense on Elton Brand that year and he was and uh, helping the team to another seven-game series win. And then the Western Conference Finals... Phoenix fell to the Dallas Mavericks in six games. 
And then following his 2006 stint with the Phoenix Suns, he ended up becoming a Los Angeles Clipper. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's Tim Thomas. Yeah. That's a lot of verbiage for Tim Thomas, who only played 26 games plus 20. So 46 total games as a son. Yeah. But very memorable. It was. The playoff Everyone run. remembers him. Yep. All right. So next is Marcus Banks from 2006 to 2008. 6'2 point guard from UNLV. 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 Who, who else went to UNLV? Oh, your favorite, Sean yes, Marion. Yes, Sean yeah. Marion. The pride of University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Yeah, great school. He played 69 games with the Suns. Giggity. Um, signed, signed as a free agent in 2006. He was traded to the Heat with Sean Marion for Shaq. <sighs> Averaged 5 points and 1.2 assists. Oh, Marcus Banks. Yeah. Following Marcus Banks in 2008 was Gordon Giracek. Six foot six, small forward slash shooting guard from Croatia, played in twenty two total games with the Suns. It's probably most famous for his altercation with Shaq, in which he was the one choked out by, uh, by choked out by the Shaqtis. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Out. <laughs> choked out, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, he just got cocked out by the by the Shaqtis. <laughs> I had a typo on my notes. It didn't say choked out. It said cocked out. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, and sorry that I told you that, but thanks for still listening. <laughs> Average 8.8 points at his time with the Suns and 1.2 rebounds, Gordon Giracek. All right, up next is Goran Dragic, another one of your favorites, right? Oh, from 2008-2011. Yeah, uh, he's a 6'3 point guard from Slovenia. Played 388 games with the Suns. Uh, he was drafted by the That's Spurs. That's a lot of games, dude. It is a lot of games. 388, geez. Yeah, just a lot more than what I played. Yeah, um, 388 more than you played, actually. Yep, so he was drafted by the Spurs. Uh, traded to Phoenix for Malik Harrison before he ever played a game for Pop. Yeah, and we talked about that in the yeah. Jersey Number 1 podcast. It's crazy, dude. Originally wore number 2 before the Suns traded him to Houston for Aaron Brooks. So on 7th of May, uh, 2010, during the Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals, this is where he had his huge game. Mm-hmm. He led a Phoenix Suns team back against the uh, San Antonio Spurs. He scored 23 points. And he scored 23 of his 26 points in the fourth quarter. Yep, yes, sir. Yeah, baby. That's good stuff. Dragic scored his points on 10 of 13 shooting. That is crazy, dude. Definitely, yeah. Really great stuff. It included a 5 for 5 from three-point land and a four-point play as the Suns overcame an early 18-point deficit to defeat the Spurs 110-96 to to take a 3-0 lead in their best-of-seven series in the Western Conference semifinals. Grant Hill quoted, after this performance, I think it's safe to say... They have been the best fourth quarter performance I've ever seen in the playoffs. So that's Ooh. something to say for yeah, Grant Hill. Hill. Yeah. Because of all those playoffs. Even. Exactly. Because <laughs> all of his experience in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. Stats warrior number two, he scored only 16, or sorry, 6.8 points, uh, seven assists, and 1.5 turnovers. All right. Scoring Gorin. All right. Next up on the list from 2011 to 2012 was Ronnie Price, a six foot two point guard slash shooting guard from Utah Valley State who played in 112 games for the Phoenix Suns. Signed as a free agent in December of 2011, he was a role player for the part of three seasons for the Suns and averaged 4.3 points and 2.1 assists. And what's kind of crazy is uh, I definitely remember Ronnie Price being around, but again, those are part of those Suns teams where I don't care to remember him being around. <laughs> exactly, dude. That's the first Just thing like I think the next about. guy, right? Yeah, Wesley Johnson. I remember signing him. Oh, you always get excited for these guys and then they play. You're just like, oh, okay. Yep. So from 2012 <laughs> to 2013, Wesley Johnson is a 6'7 small forward slash shooting guard from Syracuse. He played in 50 games for the Suns. He was traded the Suns from the Timberwolves in a three team trade deal. Included Robin Lopez and Akeem Warwick, another player I was excited to watch. Yep. Going to the New Orleans Hornets. <laughs> 
<laughs> in his first game with the Suns, Johnson scored a three-pointer in a close victory against the Detroit Pistons. Johnson could not gain significant playing time with the Suns until Lindsey Hunter yep. took over oh, as head yeah, coach. Lindsay oh, wow, Hunter. bringing back some good memories. <laughs> On February 26, 2013, Johnson scored uh, 14 points along with nine rebounds and three assists. Um, in an 84-83 victory. Oh, that's low scoring. Yeah, that's an ugly game. Yes. And his, against his former team, the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. A day later, Johnson made a game-tying three-pointer. Wow, some good... Dude, he has some good games, I guess. A day later, Johnson made a game-tying uh, three-pointer from a uh, long pass from Jermaine O'Neal to help the Suns win 105-101 in overtime against the San Antonio Spurs. And lastly, his stats, he averaged eight points and 1.4 assists for the Suns. Good old Wesley Johnson. Yeah, I didn't realize he had so many good games in the yeah. only 50 games that he played. All right, next up to where the number two was a six foot one point guard from Kentucky who played in a total of 224 games with the Suns from 2013 to 2017. That was Eric Bledsoe. Uh, he actually came over to the Suns as he was traded with Karan Butler in a three-team trade that sent Jared Dudley to the Clippers. I remember when we made that trade... I was really excited about that trade. We got Karan Butler, who was a great player, who was part of a championship team in Dallas. We got Eric Bledsoe, who we all, you know, at the time used to call Mini LeBron. Yeah. Because, like, he worked out with uh, with LeBron James, and he was kind of a, a Stephon Marbury. Yeah, he's the same yeah. agent. Kind of a Stephon Marbury build kind of yeah. guy, just a little fucking trash can. Yeah. So I was super excited when he came here. And then he ended up signing a multi-year deal with the Suns in 2014, of course, he ended up getting traded to the Bucks in 2017 for Greg Monroe and a pick, which most likely will be the unprotected first rounder that we're going to have in 2021, which is a pick we've actually traded since then. Some of his highlights playing with the Phoenix Suns on December 8th, 2014, Bledsoe recorded his first career triple-double with 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 16 assists in an overtime loss to his former team, the Clippers. Uh, had some other really good games with the Suns. Of course, the big... Uh, Moment for him was on October 22nd, 2017, just three games into the season, when Bledsoe tweeted out, I don't want to be here, which yeah. which not only was not a great tweet, but it was also grammatically incorrect the way he did it. <laughs> it's like it said I, and then it said don't, but it was like a capital D, no apostrophe, you know? So, yeah, very strange. Yeah, huh? it was kind of a strange one. And, you know, of course, G- Suns general manager Ryan McDonough took it as a slight against the organization and dismissed him from playing with the team. So three games into the season we lose our starting point guard. It's like, fantastic. Here we go. It's going to be a great year. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bledsoe, of course, claimed that the tweet referred to him being at a hair salon. Uh, but on November 5th, 2017, he was fined $10,000 by the NBA for his tweet. And then, of course, that's when he uh, was traded to the Bucks for Greg Monroe. Again, the Suns oh. just have a great history of letting aye, aye, their aye. assets get upset to the point where you get no value on them. With his time with the Phoenix Suns, he did average 18.8 points per game, six assists a game, 4.8 rebounds per game. So there you go. Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Yeah. Tough shoes to fill. That guy. So Isaiah Cannon's next from 2017 to 2017. He's a a six-foot point guard from Murray State. Played 38 games with the Suns. I uh, traded to the Suns as a future pick for uh, Marcus Morris in 2013. Mm-hmm. He signed as a free agent in 2017. On January 31st, 2018, Cannon fractured his left ankle. This was like the year where everyone was doing that, yeah. so it's kind of a thing. That was uh, a nasty while, injury, though. Yeah, where he went to the rim against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. He uh, 
waved goodbye to the Suns fans um, on February 8th. He averaged 8.3 points per game and then 3.6 assists. Do you know what I always remember about Isaiah Cannon that drove me nuts? He was the one-man fast-break stopper. He was. Remember that? Yes. The Suns would be on a fast-break. They'd have a, like four-on-two, and he wouldn't know what to do, so he would just slow the yeah. fast-break down uh-huh. and hang out at the uh, three-point line, let all the defense come down, and then try to start running the offense. Drove me nuts. He did that all the time. Yeah, until he broke his ankle. Following Isaiah Cannon came Alfred Payton. He was a six-foot-three point guard from Louisiana, only played 19 games as a son. He was traded to the Suns from the Orlando Magic for a second-round pick, and he had two triple-doubles in 19 games. And I remember when we traded for him, we were super excited because it felt like we finally had a point guard. He wasn't a great shooting point guard, but he definitely could assist the ball. I mean, you look at his numbers with the Suns in that time frame, 11.8 points per game and 6.2 assists per game. But it felt like we're like, okay, all of a sudden we have a point guard here again. He had the funny-looking hair, Mm -hmm. uh, which is too hot to have in Phoenix. And he ended up shaving it, I think, that summer. And yeah, then, he did. And then he was gone. He was gone, yeah. I mean, he was just a little stopped by, I guess. Yeah. We, we always used to get so excited about every point guard that would come here. Well, exactly. Because, you know, again, we point. are a point guard culture team, and we expect great point guard play here in Phoenix. Yeah. So anytime anybody would come in who we think has the potential to do so, we get super excited. Is this yeah. the next KJ? Is this the next Jason Kidd? Steve Nash? You know? And then they end up being Alfred Payton. Yep. So... So who's uh, last on the list? So last is Elliot Copo. He's a 2018 guy. <laughs> he, he's played here since 2018. That's we right. actually drafted him in the second round. First pick of the 2018 draft in the second round. Uh, he's a 6'3 point guard, though, from France. Uh, he's still playing and poop. That's all I got to say about yeah. it. He's He was actually... He was not high on a lot of people's lists, but he was one of those picks. It's like, oh, this might be a steal yes. coming out of the draft. I know Kevin O'Connor was really big on him. They mm-hmm. thought he would be pretty good. Um, but so far, not so good. Maybe in the future we'll listen to this, and he's a good backup point guard. Well, it's something we've talked about on podcasts, how he might be getting a little too much playing time and a little too much credit for Monty yes. Williams and the staff, but you know that's just kind of the way it goes. So that's it for every son who's ever wore jersey number two in Phoenix Suns history. So we're going to take a break real quick, and then afterwards we're going to talk about who we would start, who we would bench, and who we would trade right after this. Welcome back, welcome back. Again, we're doing who would start bench and trade for any son who wore jersey number two. So I'm going to start with you, Matthew. Let's start with start, if you will. Of all the players who wore jersey number two, who is your must start? Must start, and you probably. I feel like we're going to have the same list, but maybe not. Joe Johnson. Okay. He's my start. Keep the team together. You have four all-stars on the team. Uh, You only play six to seven players a game. So pay these guys like you know it sucks to see the warriors and stuff like they're able to pay four guys yes sons they could somehow have, make it so, work yeah sons could have done that kept the team together i'd keep joe johnson and it's just simple as keeping four all-stars in the starting like because they could have had four all-stars playing together for four or five years mm-hmm. and it just didn't happen because of money but why would you just not pay him and then surround him with a bunch of crappy players. Well, but I think it's not so much money. I think it was more philosophy. I think that the way that the Suns spun it then was, yeah, we don't want to pay him. That's the way that we all look at it. But as I look at the Suns throughout their history, the Suns have a hard time creating their own identity and imposing their will on other teams. Mm -hmm. We look back at that 04-05 time frame, and that's when the Suns were a revolutionary basketball franchise yeah the way that they were building out their team the way that they had a coach who was willing to run people off the court 
Nobody had ever seen it. And what did everybody say? It's not going to work. Nope, don't do it. It's not going to work. And the sons, instead of buying into their own system, listened to everybody else. Oh, you're right. It's, it's not going to mm-hmm. work. Uh, yeah, we can't afford Joe Johnson. We're going we're gonna to trade him away. Uh, obviously, my, num- my start on this one is Joe Johnson as well. He's not statistically the best guy who's ever wore jersey number two. Mm-hmm. Not in any way, shape, or form. But I think that if I was to pick somebody off this list who I'd want to have a, as my starter, it would be Joe Johnson. He's a six foot seven two guard. Okay, he can play multiple positions. He's got he's got the flexibility of a two or a three. You look at statistically the best guy on this on this list. It's Eric Bledsoe, but there's not a lot of flexibility from like a six one point guard or whatever he was six foot three. You know he's not going to go out there and play the two, even though he probably yeah. he always wanted to. He always wished he was like six foot five and could play the two. But Joe Johnson was somebody who could is somebody who could impose their will if he wanted to due to his size. You know, again, he got he got traded from the Suns because the Suns could never just buy into their system. They never impose their will. They always play to the level of their competition. We've talked about it on uh, we talked about it in the last podcast, start bench and trade jersey number one, where yeah. that that was kind of one of the issues when Amari Stoudemire is instead of buying in and having him be the center, they decided to make him the four and bring in Kurt Thomas mm-hmm. and try to beat the San Antonio Spurs at their game. Instead yeah. of having the Spurs try to beat the Suns at our yeah. game. It's like, oh, hey, we got more rebounds than them. That's yeah. what they're going for. It's like, hey, we can get yeah. rebounds too. Yeah, we need somebody to get more rebounds. It's like, no, how about we just shoot them out of the, out of out the, of the stadium? Yeah, out of like the Like the Rockets are doing right now. Exactly. So I agree with you. Uh, if I had to pick one player, it's it's ISO Joe, man. Yep. Joe Johnson. Absolutely loved him as a player. I always remember when he got traded to the Suns. I felt like it was uh, a great trade for the Suns because we gave up Tony Delk and Rodney Rogers, who... Suns fans loved Rodney Rogers yeah. for some reason. He was good. Number 54, I believe. In fact, I was at a game not too long ago, and there was a guy with a Rodney Rogers jersey. I was like, and I told him, like, hell yeah, that's dude, great awesome. jersey. You that's know? pretty like, cool. Though. That's a cool jersey. Yeah. It's a cool jersey to have. But still, when we got Joe Johnson, who at that time was a rookie coming over, I had already seen who he was and was a big fan of who he was. He mm-hmm. played for a really good Arkansas team in college. And the fact that we got him, I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's a great two guard. Yeah. So... He's easily my oh, start. Shock. Easily my start. Yeah. All right. So it's bench time. Bench time is Goran Dragic, man, because he's a yeah. He's not a starting for me. I never thought of him as a starting mm-hmm. point guard. Never liked him as much as you or a lot of other Suns fans. Yep. Um. He's just not championship caliber. Because as a Suns fan, I know what it takes to win a championship. Oh yeah, because all so the championships. I want a championship. Yeah, I want a championship <laughs> caliber point guard. But no, he's a good bench player. Of course, he had the performance we talked about against the Spurs. But I would just thought he was a good backup point guard. I didn't want him to be my my number one point guard. I mean, I would have loved to have him maybe five seasons ago when we had nobody. But like, he's just he's a good bench player. It's just simple okay. as that for me. Okay, uh, I'm gonna you're gonna zig. I'm gonna zag right here because Goran is the obvious answer here. He spent a lot of his time coming in and off the bench, and I think he was a great bench player. But I'm gonna go with Elliot Perry. I like Socks. Socks is one of those guys who you have come in off the bench and sparks that second team. Not to say that Goran Dragic wouldn't be a spark to that second team, but the way that Elliot Perry did it is something that got the whole crowd excited. Dragic is never really an exciting player to watch. Socks had come in, hit a couple threes. Uh, again, he was the most improved player in the NBA, well, the runner-up, in the, the 95 season. And I always remember him being that spark that would come in yeah, and you would yeah. just thoroughly enjoy. So 
he is my my bench player. Good pick, yeah. I love yeah. the socks. Yeah, I do. All right, I think trade is probably the same for both of us, though. Yeah, one, two, three. AC I, Green. I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the countdown, or I would have said it Sorry. with you. Uh, it's Eric Bledsoe, right? Yeah. Okay, why? Um, well, we traded him, but okay. So, <laughs> every so, one of these guys ended up being traded yeah, or retired that's true, with us. Yeah. So I, I think I definitely would trade him, but it's funny because it had me thinking this year with Andre Iguodala. It's okay. like, how come the Suns had to f- just trade him so fast? Like, why couldn't we just hold on to him, put him on the bench? Be like, no, you're you're gonna sit on the bench, or else you're gonna play, and let's wait till a team actually really needs you. The worth he would have had for a team that needed him, maybe for a championship run or whatever. I know he's on the he's on the, uh, the Bucks, Bucks right now. now. Yeah. yeah, he's on the Bucks now. But we could have got Malcolm Brogdon for him. The Suns couldn't even get him because the Bucks were like, no, we're not gonna give him away. It's like, no, no. We gonna take him, or we're not giving you Bledsoe. And I wanted Malcolm Brown so oh, bad, dude. So that drove me nuts. And we got—I don't even know what we got back for. I Greg know we Monroe, about it. yeah, <laughs> Greg freaking Monroe, who got bought out at the end of the <laughs> season and went and played for the Celtics. That I know. Season. So I mean, it was just like—it's like what the hell's going on? Here's man? your your franchise point guard who's upset with this franchise and the way it's being run, which we've definitely seen that in the past. You look yeah. at the Morris twins; it was the same thing. And the Suns, for some reason, allow themselves to get caught in these situations where they get pennies on the dollar for great value. Eric Bledsoe had a an acceptable contract at that point. He re, he uh, signed a multi-year deal in 2014. He's at the back end of that deal in 2017. And I, and I love what you said right there. Why don't we just hold on to him longer? I get that yeah. he's upset, and I get it's, it's, a, it's a distraction. Guess what? That team was going to be shitty anyways without Eric Bledsoe, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So why sit there and go, okay, he wins. We'll trade him for Greg Monroe and a first-round pick that in, in 2021, which the Suns, you know, is not even a great asset, right? So essentially, you just get Greg Monroe for Eric Bledsoe, which on paper is the most ridiculous trade mm-hmm. ever. Yep. I know that he's unhappy, but you need to hold on to him and create some value out yeah. of something that doesn't have any more value. Again, if a player's upset, you, you, you lose all your leverage with other teams. You're like, hey, man, yeah. I'd love to give you Eric Bledsoe. Look at my shiny new toy, Eric Bledsoe. And they're like, yeah, he's unhappy, so you, I know you need to get rid of him, so yeah. I'm not going to give you what you want. Be like, okay, well, I'm going to go to another team then. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. And, and it's you know coming up on the trade deadline, and teams that are trying to make the playoffs need a player like him. And it was like 10 games in. Yeah, they're like, no, in, in like November, they're like, okay, we'll trade him. It's just like... It's insane. You know, Obviously, on start, bench, and trade, he's my trade. Just because I'm not a big Eric Bledsoe fan, I never was. I know yeah. that when you, when we got was, him, you were really first. big on Bledsoe, yeah. and I tried to, but again, I was never a fan of his play. He was a guy who would go right down the middle, like Marbury would. Marbury's way better. But Marbury that. could finish. Yeah. Bledsoe would just jump into a guy and be like, oh shit, I'm a point guard. Let me try to find somebody to pass the ball to. He just, he wasn't a good point guard. Yeah. He never saw the floor. He was a six foot one point guard who wanted to be a two guard. That was always his issue to me. We had a two guard and a one guard body who wanted to be a two guard, and yeah. therefore the team could never run properly. I remember watching him and Booker. Like he would get upset at the end of the games when a young Devin Booker was trying to take over games in the fourth quarter. Like he'd be on the he'd be on the other side of the court slapping his hands. Hey, give me the ball! Wow. Give me the ball! It, it was deterring from Booker's growth. Yeah. So I was never a fan of Bledsoe. I feel like in this scenario, start bench and trade jersey number two. He you can get a lot of value for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if he's upset or not. Just on paper, he's a great guy to get value from. He's a yeah. point guard. He's averaging 18.8 points a game with the Suns, six assists a game. 
almost five rebounds a game, you could trade that and get a lot of value from it. Yeah. So for this game that we like to play, start, bench, and trade, I think that he's the best guy to get value from. It's definitely not Isaiah Cannon. It's nef- definitely not Joe Barry Carroll. You know, but it's so it's Eric Bledsoe. He's he's the trade guy. So and the thing that's going to happen too with the Bucks, I I believe this wholeheartedly. He's going to be the reason they can't finish and get to the championship. He's just not that clutch kind of guy. I don't, I don't see it. Maybe he maybe he would be, but I don't think so. I would love to see him just get traded from that team for someone more improved because I don't want to see the Bucks have to get rid of Giannis. Like I don't want Giannis to leave because of blood so that's the way i look they should at have it. kept malcolm brogdon they should have <laughs> that guy's balling dude <laughs> dumb move on their part uh well in recapping start bench and trade jersey number two matthew and i both agree that our start is joe johnson yes our bench is different i have elliot perry and you have goran dragic I like. I like your pick and as and i like yours as well I like yours and then then trade obviously for both of us is eric bledsoe yep you know, I don't know if you out there agree with us or disagree with us or think we're way off point. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at the Suns Report. Stop by our Facebook page. You can email us the Suns Report at gmail.com is another great way to get a hold of the podcast and let us know what you're thinking. Make sure that you subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network simply by pressing that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to this podcast on. Again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed this. Next up is gonna be jersey number three. I mean, we did one. We've done two. Now, the next one will be three. I'm excited for that one. Stephon Marbury, Quentin Richardson, yeah. Jared Dudley. Dude, this whole Marbury talk, I just want to get his jersey now. Too I, bad I, he, I love Stephon Marbury. I mean, too. I just wish it wasn't those old uniforms. Like, I don't like the ones that he had. Yeah. I, if it was the ones before that, that would be awesome. That would be great. The 90s. Well, we'll but, talk about that more in our next one. Yeah, huh? okay. Let's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, folks, for hanging out with the Suns Report Podcast. My name is John. My name is Mikey. And I hope that you have a great day. And go home and love your family. Take care.